Welcome to Think Big for Africa podcast. On this podcast, we will bring you interesting conversations with local, national, and international African leaders from all works of life, home and abroad. Leaders who are doing their bits to progress Africa's development. Conversation topics will range from education, science, health, leadership, politics, business, and many other global issues. Conversations about everything that concerns Africa's development. Africa has so many wonderful achievers worldwide, and this is exactly what we will bring to you on Think Big for Africa podcast. Stay tuned. Hello. This is Think Big for Africa podcast. This is Ekene Bayin, your host. Today, I have a, a very interesting gentleman living in Kano, northern Nigeria. Uh, it's a young man I, I found on uh, YouTube, you know, sometimes LLC. And I was uh, intrigued about uh, the poem he was reciting. And... Uh, it made me very happy, and it also made me sad. I will tell you what. I will tell you that. Okay, it also made me sad. Uh, but I decided to reach out, and uh, luckily, I got to him a few about a month ago, and then we started talking about him coming on the podcast. His name is uh, Ramadan Yusuf. Ramadan, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. See, like I said, uh, listening to your recitation on uh, YouTube, uh, it made me happy because I saw there are young people in Nigeria who are seeing these things and are willing to talk about them. And the sadness for me was because uh, I also saw these things when I was younger. Uh, I did some little things about it, but I never did things like you did. Writing a poem and sharing it with the world. Anyway, let's, let's go back a little bit because I like to introduce my guests uh, in the proper way. So, Ramadan, please tell my audience about you and the kind of things you do. Uh, thank you. Uh, as you have introduced me earlier, my name is Ramadan Yusuf. I am an ICT professional, as well as corporate brand strategist, a business developer, and also a youth advocate for peace, unity, good governance, and political hygiene. So these are where I focus as a youth advocate. Now, this is Ramadan Yusuf. Very good, very good. See, like I was saying, uh, 
I watched you your TikToker poem recitation on YouTube. Uh, the poem is called "When Shall We Be Free?" And uh, listening to that poem, in fact, I think I think we should uh, play it to let our audience to listen to it. It's about uh, seven minutes. Let's see, we can, we can do that, we can do that. Across the horizon, the place where I came from, I read and I was told in the history of a place across the horizon was once a place where people lived by one another's happiness for no reason. Across the horizon, a place where hospitality and freedom of commerce attract people from different zones to make a place across the horizon, their business comfort zone. Across the horizon, a place blessed with natural resources and so much fertility that makes it real for everyone to make it green and feed in every season. Across the horizon, a place with a progressive system led by patriotic leaders who invested much in education for young people to have free and easy access to formal education, making them productive to participate in governance and making of decisions that will shape the future of the upcoming generations. But we have lost the way. We have lost our norms and values. We are now victims of a broken system. We are leaders, we are divorced from reality and get murdered by all forms of atrocities that gradually transition the vanity of our morality into vanity of immorality. A broken system that give birth to unhealthy society with no sanity but full of poverty that intensify the rate of calamity. We are now living in a society with the uncertainty of the security of our lives and properties because people with the authority care less of their responsibility to provide security and protection of the citizens. Across the horizon, now in the comfort zone of terrorism, where the rich are given weapons to the poor to kill the poor, the rich should also know that one day the poor will have no joy in killing the poor, and that will be the time for the poor to start killing the rich with those weapons given by the rich. With all this happening around me as a young person, make me feel like a body at inception that have the zeal and passion with a very strong heart full of compassion. But whenever I look at those faces and the sins happening in the political cycle, my thoughts dissolve into confusion. Decades after decades, young shall grow is what they said, but yet they deny me my democratic right for participation. They are afraid of me because they knew I'm the source of revolution. That is why they deprived me my right to education for me to remain in the dark without a point of light on their deception. Youths obey the clarion call as they said, and we do, we struggle hard under the sun or in the rain to make them who they are. But in return, 
they treat us less the humans we are. They use the power of hate speech to chase away the spirit of togetherness among us for us to remain divided and for them to remain in power. That is why if you ask me, why do we hate? I will tell you that we hate because they taught us to hate. We hate because they taught us not to tolerate. We hate because they taught us to discriminate while they knew hatred is what discrimination generates. That they knew hatred is the basis of public sentiment from which they drive their political interest. Some preachers are paid to preach hatred as word of God, which they mutilate. Please don't be deceived, but be convinced that hatred has no religion. Hatred has no culture. Hatred has no tradition. Hatred has no value. Hatred is a disease that we need to eradicate. But the media platforms are disseminating hatred for the masses to imitate. And that makes hatred a disease from which very few are immune. If you ask me again, why do we hate? I will tell you that we hate because they made us believe that there is more than one race in the face of the world. There's only one race in the world, the human race. Are you a human? If you are and you believe you are a human, you don't need to hate because we all belong to the same race. We hate because they made us believe that the language we speak and the pigmentation of our skin made us inferior or superior to others. The pigmentation of our skin or the language we speak has no ties with intelligence, wealth, poverty, or what of being humans. Of course, there's no gene for hatred. There's no gene for racism. There's no gene for bigotry. We all learn to do such. And whatever we learn, we can all learn. With all I've said, you may ask, then when shall we be free? I will tell you that we shall be free when we, the youth, realize that we have the power to revolutionize the system of governance and refuse giving ourselves to those corrupt politicians who enslaved our hopes, making us believe that we can achieve greatness by being their warlords on social media platforms. We shall be free. We shall be free when we refuse giving ourselves to those corrupt politicians who enslave our thoughts, dictate who to vote and who not to vote, who to like and who to dislike, what to think and how to think. We shall be free. When we realize that the so-called and presumed Fulani headsmen are killing people with no regards to their political and religious affiliation, then we shall keep aside our differences and amplify our voices to break the silence and call the government to action against violence. We shall be free. We shall be free when we summon back the spirit of peace and unity and care less of our ethnicity to uphold the honor and glory of our nationality for the progress of our dear country, Nigeria. Thank you. Rub it out. Sir. The poem I just listened to for maybe the tenth time since, okay. since I first saw it. Yeah. It's very, very powerful. Thank I don't you. know. I see 
one of the re reasons why I wanted to speak to you is that I wanted to understand if you who penned and recited this poem actually fully understood the impacts of what you are saying, the impact to a thinking person. You see, anybody can just listen to the poem and think, yeah, it's nice, it sounds good. But if you look at it, you addressed several, several very important issues in that poem. And I think, I believe, and I would like to encourage you to do this. Listen to your poem or read the, the transcript of your poem and make it into a book where you address further all those things you highlight, highlighted. Yeah. Yeah. You see? It's a nice recommendation. I will so, look forward to that. So think about it. Think about yeah. it. So what I, what I want to do in, on this podcast is this. We talk about some, some of the things you highlighted, and I, I would like to hear your thoughts about those things. All right? Is that okay? Yeah. Very good. Very, okay. very good. Very good. See, you talked about once upon a time, we all lived with our neighbors being happy for their success and to cry with them when something befalls them. Yeah. See, in my young days, this was very, very true. And I believe, I believe, I hope, not wrongly, it's still true today. Okay, for most of ordinary Nigerians and Africans. Okay, so what is your observation to pen that, that line, okay, about we being happy to see our neighbors do well? What's, what's your observation? Why do you think that's lying in your, in your poem at the beginning? I, I, although I, I didn't uh, phrase my whatever exactly how you how you said it on yeah. the poem, but yeah. you you know what what I'm talking about, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, what's your uh, observation that that led to that? What I, what I observed is, I could remember with my young age. Yeah. Not quite long ago. I could remember when we live happily 
with each other without a barrier of um, either religious or cultural uh, differences. Mm. So, and I believe back then people have pride in their tradition. Okay. They respect their cultural values. Okay. And being having that makes me believe that it is through that cultural belief and traditions that yeah. makes us live happily with one another without mm. thinking of our differences. Okay. And also uh, I believe there is no culture that is built based on hatred and violence. And out of respect to my culture, I am trying to be as much hospitality as I can be. And it is one of the competition among traditions, just for me to show you how hospitable I am. Yes. That is why you can go to a village back then they don't know you, they don't care to know you, but they will accommodate you, feed you, and give you shelter. Because they want to prove to you that that so, so, so particular culture or tribe are hospitable as they are. And also, I get to realize that back then, we have so much respect for our religious beliefs. Mm. I believe there is no non an acceptable religion that preaches hatred and bigotry. So back then, the religion is at its concentrated uh, mode without much infiltration as we have now. Most of the religions we have have already been infiltrated, even if the religion itself is not infiltrated, but the practitioners of that religion have been infiltrated with different kind of beliefs and thoughts okay. and claim it is that particular religion. Mm. So back then, we respect that uh, teachings of our religion. Also, I observe back then, there is no politics. It is military regime. And during that military regime, there is no point of uh, uh, playing divide and rule as the politicians are doing now. So all these division we are facing, the ethnicity and, uh, uh, and religious differences, the intolerance is because of politics. It is one of their mechanism to divide us for them to conquer. And that is why nowadays we have been experiencing different kind of violence against one another. And it is becoming one of the way of life. You see, because we have dropped away our culture and our traditional values. So I believe this is one of the things I look at and see, okay, fine. Back then, this is possible because of this and that. And nowadays, it is not because of uh, modernization and civilization and I hope uh, I'm making sense yeah you, you make sense you make sense. even though I disagree somewhat with your overall perception okay but I understand what where you are coming from now 
and this is this is why exactly why I encourage you to look at look at your poem and try to make it into a full book, okay? Because in the in the process of writing a book, you need to do some research, okay, on those topics. And when you are doing the research, you 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 encounter more information, right? Yeah. You en- encounter more information. Now, when it comes to our culture, see, our culture is primarily African, okay? Yeah. And our hospitality is primarily, primarily African. Africans, Africans are hospitable, yeah. okay? Everywhere we go. See, when I I was born in Delta State, okay, I came to the west of Nigeria 1978, I think. Yeah. We, my family went to Ilaro, Ilaro in Ogo State. Okay, my father was working for the Fed. Uh, Federal Girls College Ilaro. It's now called uh, uh, Shagamu. It's now it has been moved to Shagamu years ago. Okay, but then it was in Ilaro. See, we lived in government quarters. We live in house house two, I think, right? House one. The family there were from Benue. Okay, we uh, house two from Delta, then Bender State. House three, uh, I don't, I think either Oshun or Oyo. But the point is this we live together. We were, me, my, my, myself, my, my sisters were friends with the children from the other families. We play together every day. And this, I will say this also, we have we had a, a family of Fulanese, okay, who had their cows around us. Baba, we call him Baba Malu and his children. We all lived together in harmony. Okay. And then we now moved to Lagos and everywhere I've lived, we lived with people from all over the, all over the country. Even though we had differences in the culture where we come from, but as a, as a community of Nigerians, we're okay, right? Today, I'm not a Muslim. I'm neither. I'm neither, neither Christian anyway. Nowadays, but a lot of my friends are Muslims. I I I have celebrated every religious festivals with them. Okay, most of my friends today. I, I, 
I talk to, I call, I talk to are Muslims. I'm not Muslims. I was never raised as a Muslim. Okay? So, these things, yes, I see where you're coming from, but I would say this. I would say the, my, my difference is that yes, maybe at the time we, we were born, in the 20th century, uh, the, the issue of religion has died out a lot. But if you look at history, my God, history is full of religious wars. Both Christians and Muslims fighting each other and and within themselves. Okay? When it comes to Christianity, when it comes to the history of Europe, most of the issues was France fighting England, France fighting Spain, France, uh, England fighting Spain, England, England fighting uh, Scotland, all because of religion. Okay, so I, I think it's also the same when it comes to the to the to the mid Middle East and the fight of uh, Constantinople. So check out. I want you to inv to investigate all this and then yeah. more it into your book, and it to be to be to be interesting to see. All right. Yeah. That, Good. That, that is why I, I I made mention. Yes. That. There is infiltration yes. in mm -hmm. some of the religion. Okay. Either the religion or the, the followers of that religion. Mm -hmm. But the core, the core teachings of the religion, they are all teachings. I agree with you. I agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. And I get your point. I get your point also. Yeah. Yeah. But that could be mixed up with uh, humanly interest. Yes. Not See, I, I agree with you on one thing. Most of the fights. Like even in the, in uh, in, uh, in uh, are all political, they are all political. Then they are they now they now morphed into religion, religion. but mm -hmm. it's actually it's actually political. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. That's the point I'm trying yes. to make. Very good, very good. Yes, uh, Ramadan. As yep. we we're saying before, we we had a. Uh, technical difficulties so i was uh, saying that uh, in your presentation you talked about uh, natural resources yeah okay minerals and ag agricultural produce okay yeah. we used to have abundant you know but now we have uh, loads of issues, you know. We are digging up our communities, looking for minerals, yeah. making agriculture difficult for farmers, destroying our environment. And uh, now we import a lot of our food. You know, 
the bottom line is that uh, we are way below the expected productive capacity yeah. in these areas. So, what's your thought? Well, um, as you said, uh, looking for mineral resources, mm. we have it in abundance. Yes, we do. As Africa as a continent, Nigeria as a country, we have a lot of resources. So, but um, digging out those resources cause a lot of issues that has to do with agriculture. Yeah. Which ranges from pollution, both air pollution, the environmental pollution. Yeah. Uh, also soil erosion and the rest that cost make it very, very difficult for us to farm. So but my thought here is not only the issue of causing problem to agriculture. Okay. Mine also is contributing to the economy of our country. Okay. The main issue I have with this is we should have done it the right way. Okay. Digging out these resources should have uh, contributed to our economy. But the sad part of this is that we fail to know that we can only progress if we can control our resources. Mm. Had it been those resources we are digging out, we are controlling it to contribute immensely to our economy, it would have been better. Okay. And as now uh, technology is erupting, there are a lot of technologies out there for regenerative agriculture that you can use to regenerate the land. And also use another alternative of farming, not necessarily acquire a very large of uh, a hectare of land, yeah. but you farm and harvest maybe in one hectare that something that before you could use maybe three hectares before you can harvest that uh, yield there. Yes. So the main issue here is when Africa begin to realize that we can only progress when we begin to control our resources. Okay. Because most of these natural resources has been controlled by another country. Yeah. Most, uh, uh, especially the, the so-called giant countries. Yeah. Well, Africa are the owners of these mineral resources, but yet Africa are not the ones controlling stock markets. Mm. The stock market is controlled by people that did not even own the natural resources. Okay. So I believe Africa should begin to think and come up with a way to uh, uh, control its resources and also establish a trade among African countries of these resources. I do agree with you. Okay. Yeah. I do agree with you. The point is this. First, for us to exploit, exploit the natural resources we need to get technologies okay yeah. and 
we in Africa do not own any, any of these techno technologies. Yeah. Okay. So I'm talking about you saying we need to control our, our natural our natural resources. For us to be able to control it, then we need to own the tools for the export exploitation. But we don't. Yeah, but in that case, in that case, if we really want to control our resources, let's just take a look at it now. We give them the resources, they have the technology to, to process it, right? Yeah. And they bring it back to us to buy again from mm. them. Mm. So what if we say, okay, fine, we are buying only the technology from you. Okay. Well, we, we, see, we will process it here and then sell it back to you. Well, it's, 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 it sounds good. Okay. But uh, unfortunately, once it, in a, a third party knows, hey, you can't do this by yourself because you don't have the tools. Then they will they will tell you everything. They they will give you conditions. Okay, my my point the point I was I was trying to raise is was that for us to own the technologies to to build anything we want. One thing, education. Yeah. Education. See, this is it. Until we understand that Africa is not going anywhere. Until we educate our people. See, we can own all the natural resources of the world like we do. But if your people are not educated to understand what it is, not educated to manufacture or uh, invent the technologies that we need to exploit those things, we will always, always need people who know better and they will, they will continue to exploit us. That's it. That's it. Yeah. We, we, see, we can own all the natural resources, but if you don't have the tools to process it, to exploit, exploit it, to process it, you don't own anything. See, knowledge. I live in, in the UK. What does the UK have that at a time, a, a century ago, mm -hmm. a, little, a, a little bit more, yeah, a, a, a century ago, it was running a third of the planet. A small island. Small island. Yeah. It was running a third of the planet. 
because they are educated they have knowledge they have prior knowledge yeah. they have knowledge that other people didn't have today china is big why it has knowledge so we can we can own all the natural resources but without the knowledge to exploit it to process it to invent the technologies that we need we don't have anything yeah apart from um, education yes also as i said before we are talking about means of survival yeah both for africans and also for the europeans mm. they need to survive and we need to survive we have the mineral resources yes they have the technology yes if we truly want to own our uh, resources we say fine come and give us this technology yeah maybe we started with their condition yes or they should sell the technology to us okay and most of this technology even the now as i am talking even now as i am talking yes most of these uh, companies that are uh, exploiting our mineral resources yes. in africa are owned by private uh, organizations that's it most of them so if at all it is a private on uh, uh, ramadan ramadan then did you know go, mm -hmm. do you know who colonized india on behalf of the british i don't know okay was a private company okay okay <laughs> it was I, I never okay see see the colonization yeah? mm -hmm. the slave trade in africans was done by private companies not the countries yeah yeah so private, private companies so see what you mentioned is that oh the the the, the people who own the technology are private companies yes that's way that's the way they work now do i do i agree with it i don't but that's the way the work so um apart from it being that we are not that much educated here in Africa mm. I always believe that Africans are very very smart yeah oh Africans yeah we are very very brilliant very very well we are talking about education now part of the problem is from our leadership because we are using a dead education system okay but even with that, we have a lot of people that have the technology to do a lot of things. But the failure of our government to provide an enabling environment, the infrastructure that will accommodate that kind of invention, 
we will have grow bigger than we are now. Yes. If you could, uh, if you will agree with me, these Europeans believe that Africans are smart. They do know. African is a hub of resources. That is why they come down to Africa in bid for talent hunt. How do they do that? Is by giving us scholarship. We, 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 We are happy that they give us scholarship. Is it truly scholarship or a talent hunt? Well, so to see, me, it is a talent hunt. Yeah, you are right. You are very because right. Because I, I could say in that same country, they are giving Africans scholarship to go and study there free. Their citizens are not studying free of charge in the same country. Well, they okay. Let me. And bonafide citizens. Well, in Europe, in Europe, education is virtually free okay at least i know in the uk primary and secondary school free at least if you go to a primary secondary school in the uk public you can have a good education and then go on to universities and the 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 the, the cost the cost for residents to go to the university is not is not exorbitant okay it's not free but it's not it's not exorbitant okay and basically all over europe the same thing even in canada it's only the only country that university education is expensive is america yeah they 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 even do uh have their education based on credit as i had okay so america everything is uh capital capitalists okay and could you, and that same america is giving scholarship to africans well they they give scholarship to the best of africans so according that is what i said yes talent. i agree i agree with you they are, they are talent hunting in fact if you ask me the 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 main basic reason america is so successful is that it collects all the best people of the world and bring them to america that's what they do yes okay and they have done that for over 200 years all the best people of the world from Whatever they, wherever they, they were born, they come to America, yeah. and that's why America is so successful. Now, for us, look at it. Even the twenty twenty one budget, we only spent five point six percent. The budget on education. What is that? In act in 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 real terms, the the amount we are spending on education in Nigeria is less than what Ghana 
expense. Yeah. And we labor ourselves as the giants of Africa. See, I would say, if I look at, at least since my father, my father, my parents were teachers, okay? My father in the 70s taught at the <clears throat> Kano Teacher Training College, okay, during his uh, NYSC, you know? Yeah. And uh, the, the, the way the country has ignored the education of young Nigerians is appalling. Yeah. I was lucky. I went to a public primary, secondary, and university. Today, very few, very few schools in the public arena can provide the same level of education I had. Very few. Why? Where are we going? Well, um, as you have said, the public school system has been going down and down and down. Reason I can say here is that uh, from the leadership, they failed to understand the importance of education on the progress of our nation. Or not that they fail to understand, but they choose to ignore. Mm. Because they do understand better than we do, probably. But they choose to ignore because of their selfish interest. Because there are a lot of things that accompany lack of education, which I believe they are benefiting from it. If you look at how they are controlling the minds of the young people, it's because significant number of those young people are not well educated to yeah. even differentiate what is good and what is bad, what is the right thing to do and what is not the right thing to do. And they continue to use those youths for their political uh, uh, gains. So I believe there is a level of uh, ignorance among our leaders. If I said ignorance, not in the form of illiteracy, but to ignore okay. what is the reality. So that is what we have been facing now because they believe without education, that will give them enough leverage to continue to do as they wish, as they like, without having a, a, a point of light on what they are doing. Yeah. So uh, if you look at the public school system, it is already dead 
It is already dead a very long time ago, and we are still using it. I, when I was in the university, I used a handout, a lecture notes, that someone that graduated 10 years back uses the same lecture notes. The same thing, the content, everything is the same. So this is the level of how our system, uh, our education system has been decayed and we continue to use it. And we fail to know, okay, let's design our education system in such a way that we work for us, either in Africa or Nigeria, but we always borrow the, the education system that is already obsolete in other countries. So it, until we begin to see or think inside the box, when I said inside the box, to think of problems of Africa, then design solution that will work for us in Africa. Not always thinking of this is the trend in the world. It is not everything that works in another part of the world that will surely works in another part of the world because of the difference in the mindset and orientation of the people. Mm. So if we can, uh, if our leaders will now think and say, okay, let's redesign the educational system and bring in more innovation in such a way that we will breed young engineers, young doctors, young a lot of all the profession and give it a very, very keen uh, attention, which I believe it could be done. And also uh, because they know their children are not studying here, yeah? One of the, uh, that's a big factor. a big factor. Yeah, and they, they just want to keep on controlling the whole system, the government system. So if the the, the common people are not well educated, while they are the, these same people are controlling us, the same children of these people will come back with a better and prior education, and continue to control our resources, which I believe there are a lot of factors or forces that keep on failing our education system in Africa or in Nigeria. See, like you said, it seems the way our education is, yeah. is designed to be that way to keep ordinary people or ordinary Nigerians where they are. Yeah. Now, if that is the case, we need to find a solution. Yeah. What is the solution? Well, if I can say the solution is when uh, people begin to think and we let, let me just go back a little. Okay. We lack that sense of humanity that also linked to 
these issues we are facing now. Because if now we are to fight for the right thing, I will be thinking, okay, I'm not the only person to fight for it mm. because I want to enjoy it also. Mm. I'm not ready to die for it because I want to enjoy it also. But in other countries, there is revolution, but people that are carrying out that revolution, they are not uh, uh, doing it for themselves, but for the generation to come. Mm. So I believe even if we begin to look for solution now, it is not us that will benefit, that will from, benefit it. from it. It is the upcoming generations that will continue, that will benefit from the solution we will bring now. Okay, fine. If I don't want to uh, base the uh, solution on government, but definitely the solution is with the government. The government are the ones to provide the solution. But un uh, unfortunately, it is the same government that are failing the system. Okay. So to me, I'm <laughs> so, a little bit confused <laughs> on where the solution lies. Mm. How can we have the solution? Because mm. we can still refer back to government and say our thoughts to government, which we feel if they do so, the education system might be better. Okay. But knowing they are the ones, they are the agent behind the failure of the system, that uh, discouraged me a lot. <laughs> see, see uh, I am exactly where you are on that. Yeah. See, I've, I've said this several times to people I know that uh, people, Nigerians, who were born after the 70s from the 80s yep. have never known a Nigeria that works. See, in the 70, 78, 79, we hardly had our failure. Okay? But from the 80s, power failure became rampant. Now, if we bring ourselves together, say, okay, let's go into politics. Let's vote for one of us for a certain position to get into politics the point my point is this that person where did he what what school of success mm -hmm. did he learn what he's going to to that office to implement um that is why, as we have said before, youths need to be educated because the economy of any country or every country depends on the level of education of its people. Yes. Not only the economy, but also the leadership depends on the, how educated their generations are. The population.
function of the country are. So now we're talking about the existing government have been failing us. Mm-hmm. Need a new or a fresh ideas from the young people. These young people, as you ask, what kind of school of thought have they been that they are capable of uh, going into leadership? I could say that is where the problem lies. Okay. Because the 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 right for participation for youth has been totally ignored. Youths in every country or in many or several countries made up of half of the population of that country. And most of those youths, the same population of the young people, have been marginalized in the mainstream politics. So I feel involving the youths positively in government offices and also decision making that is the crucial part of it mm. decision making not only the office office i mean but also the decision making the core decision making let there be youth that is where they will learn and when they they, they are handed over the rims of power they can be able to do something because they have been part of the decision making they know how to 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 shape ideas to refine ideas and make it a better one. Okay. So that's the sad part of it now. The youth has been has been struggling to even gain the respect of these public officials, which is very, very unfortunate. Okay. So I feel only when the youth are involved fully in politics, in decision making, and that will help us to groom new leaders. Okay. Now, see, let me just say this. My, all I, all I and uh, Ramadan are doing is uh, just uh, bouncing ideas. Okay. Because like anybody who is listening to us, we know we're stuck somewhere. Okay. Yeah. We're stuck. Because, like you say, the leaders who are who do not want to educate the public are still the same leaders we need to go to and ask and beg them yeah. to do something. Okay? Yes. So, it will be not in their interest to actually educate the public. Yes. Okay? And like you said, Many of them send their children abroad. Yes. So, whatever is going on in public schools, do not really concern them because their children are not there. Their grandchildren are not there. And then they will come back and still they, they would like to come back and rule over the young people who go to those dead schools in Nigeria. Now, so all we're doing is bouncing ideas because, see, I want people to start thinking about all these things, okay? But the truth of the matter is this. There is solution somewhere. There okay? There is solution somewhere, but the only, the only way we'll find the solution is when 
young Nigerians like you and me, I'm well, I'm, I'm getting old, but if you guys allow me to sit, <laughs> sit at the back and listen to you guys, okay, uh, I may be uh, able to add one or two things, okay. But the point is this you guys from all over the country need to come out and work together, okay. Now, yeah. to work together, that means you need to leave all your personal tribal rubbish yes. that everybody has been carrying. Okay? That has made it very hard for you guys to work together. Yes. yes. Now, when I say tribal, I mean ethnic, religious, political, anything that divides you to for you guys to work together to save yourselves and to save Nigeria you guys need to work together so um if my thought here is as my presentation the presentation i made yeah. this was to mm -hmm. eventually be free yeah i made mention only when we keep aside our yes is and come together and also recall the spirit of togetherness and also work together yes so that could be a little bit difficult or i would just say it will be difficult mm -hmm. because going back to where we we are stuck that is the education yeah that will make it very very difficult for us yes. to do that yes because if now the, the, the ones that are privileged to be educated, even going through the gate education system, mm -hmm. they made their way to know what is happening around the world and they by chance become educated. Yeah. So even if those group or class of people, class of young people, organize themselves trying to come up with a solution. That same leaders that they don't want the young people to come into power, they will still use the remaining part of the young people who are illiterate. Yes, to fight them. To destroy, <laughs> fight them yes. So that is why I see it uh, as it's going to be very, very difficult. Okay, it's going to be unless, difficult. It is going unless, to be difficult, but yeah. it's not impossible. It is not impossible. Good. That's that's let's let's start from there. Okay? okay. Now I would say I would just say this. See, Ramadan, I will challenge you. I don't know how many people you know in Lagos. Not people in Lagos that are from the north. No. People yeah. who were born, raised in Lagos. Okay? So, this is the challenge. Okay. You make it a challenge for you to meet and connect with 100 people from the west of Nigeria, from the east of Nigeria, from the south-south of Nigeria. Make it 
a challenge for you to meet those people okay. and connect with them. That's a challenge. Okay. See, okay. if young people in Nigeria, like you, who have something up there, think about this, and they know they need to break that stronghold, that stranglehold of yeah. travelism. Mm -hmm. Okay? Then you need, go, need to go out and purposely connect with people maybe who don't really agree with you. You go out to find that guy who doesn't agree with you to do what? Sit down, talk to them, listen to them. And then you exchange ideas. You, you talk about those difficult things yeah. which you have a, and have a perspective and they he or she has a perspective on where they come from. And for you to start building bridges. See, like you said at the beginning, once upon a time, we all used to live together. We never really had personal difficulties. We don't. We don't okay? Actually. Most of the difficulties we have in Nigeria are the ones that our so-called leaders put yeah. in front of us. So for you to break that, you personally need to go out and find these people. Connect with them. Make them friends. And then you also teach your friends around you to do the same. You see? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I, I, can, I would say challenge accepted. Good. Very good. Challenge accepted. So, uh, what I wanted to say here is uh, we are living in a very difficult situation right now. Yeah. Which the difficulties, I believe, as it is increasing, mm. that will push the button to left us with no option than to find a solution. Yes. In whatever way. So, before that time, this, uh, as far as we run on democracy, mm. we're going on politics. Yeah. Politics, as we all know, is built based on uh, public sentiment. Yeah. And for you to be elected to office, you need to gain a public sympathy. Yeah. So that is where the problems comes in, mm. that public sympathy. And... For me, from the north, I wanted to, to, to gain the public sympathy of people here in the north. I will find a way of making them believe that I am standing for them, fighting for them, uh, and also to make them believe I'm fighting for them against the Westerners. Mm. We are not in the same country. You find out a politician in the, in the south trying to make his people believe that he's fighting for them against the northerners so what i want us to have as you said 
if I may connect to these people you have said, is to say, okay, design our goals. How can we orient our fellow youths to know, to be able to identify the manipulation tools these politicians are using against us? Okay. So fine. How can we do that? Just look at what is now, happening in the political arena. Okay. If we have a lot of dramas in the in the National Assembly, House of Reps and Senate, mm. but you will see them fighting. I've never seen them fighting based on religion, fighting based on ethnicity, but fighting based on their interests, mm. differences of their interests. Okay. You could see a southerner, a Yoruba or Igbo guy, fighting in the interest of Hausa guy there in the Senate. Yeah. They forget about their differences. Okay. But they are fighting for that interest because they belong to the same group. The same, the same caucus. Yeah, the same group pursuing a, a common interest. So that is when you see them fighting. So we should be able to identify and now you're, you're a young you're a young Nigerian. I'm sure. I'm sure. If you sit down and I itemize I I I I I nice. the things that are important for you, yeah, for you, I'm sure you come up with a list that will be very similar. That will be very similar to the one that one young man like you in Western Nigeria and one in the South Nigeria, yeah. see, see, this is it. Write a list. And when you meet your guy, when you start talking, ask them to write a list. And then you sit down or maybe on Facebook, whatever, to compare your, your list. Then you find out that you have things in common. Yes. And yes. then you start with those things. Yeah. Okay? See, things in common will bond you. Yes. And then it will make it easier for you guys to be able to discuss the things that are different. Yes. Okay? So, so yeah, you are saying... One thing I wanted to add here also is I don't know how they make it but it is very, very uncalled for how they make or control our thoughts and make us believe, make us believe that we, they made us believe and have that sense of entitlement that if the president comes from my tribe, um, I don't know what benefit is going to give me as a common man, as a common uh, person. Because if the president comes from the north, me as a common person might not necessarily add any impact or make any difference. Your life. A young person uh, living in the south. But I could believe if uh, the presidency or the governor or what, whoever comes from a certain ethnic group, yeah. There are people in that ethnic group that will uh, benefit the most, and that are the very minority. Yes. Of that group. The elites. 
yes. are the elite of that uh, ethnic group. group will benefit not the common uh, persons. That, that's that the truth. So until we begin to understand that it doesn't make any difference as far as we will have someone that will do justice for all of us, yeah. will allow justice to flow like water, and then peace will easily germinate and grow. Good. So, see, these are, these are things that you need to put across yeah. to your fellows when you meet them, when you, when you start interacting with them. Yeah. Okay? Once you have your list and they have theirs, and you guys find the, the common ground, and then you say, hey, me and you are the same. In fact, if you were born in Kanu, maybe you would have been called Ramadan. Yes. And uh, if I was born in your place, I would have called that. We have very, we ha we have very similar interests. And if you look at the interests you have together, they are similar interests that is human. Yeah. See, like you said in your, in your, in your presentation, we all are humans yeah. and we have things in common so it's important for you to look at the commonality between you and the next guy that's the only way that is the only way you guys can fight these people who want to put you down yeah. you see or once you continue, if you continue fighting on tribal sentiments, then they win. They will keep on winning. Yeah. But once you, you sit down and say, no, let me push away these sentiments I have and look at this person face to face I say, hey, what's up? What do you want? Who are you? And then you start talking. Yeah. Okay. Now, let, let's 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 uh, move away from this <laughs> because we can we can stay here all day. <laughs> so, one thing I I I discovered in Nigeria. And it's something very important. I discovered recently that uh, in Nigerian schools, we don't teach history anymore. Wow. You see? Wow. So I'm not even aware. Because okay. In secondary school, okay. we, they, they, are, they are teaching history. Well, so I hear. I maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe what I heard is not true. But this is what I heard. It might be possible. So the point is this: without learning history, we are cutting the cord that joins us. Yes, because we are. We are, we are bound by our common history. See, if we don't teach history in school and I go home to learn 
the history that my father wants to teach me and you go home to learn the history that your father wants to teach you, we learn different histories. You see, going to school and learning the same history, yes, maybe we'll argue about it, but we know, yes, this is history. Okay? But if you go away to learn the history of my, that from the perspective, only from the perspective of my ethnic group, and you go to learn from the perspective of your ethnic group, then we are simply dividing a country to pieces. Yes. So, see, this is it. We need a history, the same history. We can't afford to learn a different history. What's your take? Well, um, as you said, history is very, very important because based on what you know in the past will help you to know how to live in the present and also even uh, prepare for the future. So uh, I believe with uh, history, if at all, the untold story will be told, then history will make the impact we are expecting from it. Because I'm not uh, saying I don't believe in history, but all I know is that I don't 100% believe in what I had as a history. Mm. My reason is that most of the time, the history, if it is a book you are writing, it is written by someone. Yeah. That someone is a human being. The person might have an element of biasness. And the person might uh, put it there. Also, history, the reason why I don't believe 100% in history is if, for example, now, it is me and you that we are having this uh, conversation here. So had it been I'm going out to tell someone about what we have been discussing or what happens during the discussion, yeah. I might not necessarily tell that person 100% of what exactly happened here between us. Okay. I might either reduce something mm. or increase. Yeah. So definitely history as we are reading from books and the rest, there must be some addition and also some uh, uh, deduction. Yeah. And that is why there are a lot of arguments with history. Yeah. So if at all we are going to teach this history, okay, let us come together. Maybe the people that are going to write that, I, I guess we have history, Beru, or something that take care of history uh, activities. Mm. So if we are to do that and to use history as part of our academic uh, curriculum, then we should have a committee, if 
we are writing a history, let's say, about uh, Nigeria, amalgamation of Nigeria, mm. we should have people to come together from, let's have representative from all the actors involved in that history. Yeah. In order to eliminate any form of biasness. Okay. Just for us to know how the journey started and how our forefathers have been uh, going through a lot of difficulties to bring the Nigeria we are here today. Well, so th this is it. I believe a lot, a lot is left out because well, you had a okay. lot of issues uh, that makes people to 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 go into blaming game. <laughs> the problem of well, is the, the, the truth is it. Yeah. When it comes to any area, any academic area, they are experts. Okay? They are historians. People who do research on history. Okay? And the right books. That's why it's, it's important that we write books. Okay? If you write a book, and you write about something that somebody else knows that was involved, and you write something that they, they disagree with, they will talk about it, and they would yeah. they would tell they would, they would tell their own story. Okay. Now, when it comes to academic books, the ones that people use in school. Okay. They are written, well, let me say, they're supposed to be written by academic historians. Okay. Yeah. Who know how to do the, re the, the, the research and write. Okay. And of course, it will be vetted by someone else to, for, to find things that are not true of course before you before you say uh, something is not true it's not just about your opinion you need to yeah. give evidence okay based on this and this and this and this this cannot be true okay now when it comes to, if i write a story of me and you today i can write it from my from my perspective okay it's not an academic uh, writing, so I can write anywhere, anywhere I like, and it's left for you to say no. Okay, but then for an academic book, there are ways. I mean, it's it's like it's like a, a what do you call a what's it called now? When it comes to research, they call it a uh who. I've forgotten. Well, this 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 is a process, okay? Yeah. When your peers come and look at it and say, "No, this cannot be true because of this, 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 this," you know. That 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 is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah but, if but, but my my, my point is that any any standard history book must have gone through the process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
the when it comes to something else, I see uh, affecting our youth. Social media. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it has a huge impact. Yes. In shaping the thoughts, beliefs, and actions of a large number of people across the globe, including our own people. Yes. So, how do we ensure that we don't end up in a ditch in the dark ages? You know, so uh, uh, as you said, social media, uh, we have a lot of technology evolving. Mm. We have many innovations coming up day in, day out. So, and let me start from the smartphones we use. Okay. Smartphones, I could say it has become uh, the, the, the sixth sense organs of <laughs> yeah because uh nowadays one cannot live without phone without smartphone or phone to yeah. make look at us yeah uh, <laughs> has gone somehow part of us yes and the first thing most of us do when we wake up in the morning is to go into our social media yeah, to, to check something. <laughs> check something. <laughs> Maybe my last post, how many people like it. And you know you're not getting anything out of the likes. But you just feel happy that people like your work. So <laughs> the whole social media thing is designed in such a way to manipulate or to go in line with human psychology. Mm -hmm. That is why we have very few very few that go against social media, not only against social media, if I say, not using social media. Okay. And they have the means to everything, but they choose not to use it. Mm. That is have very few. If we, if we uh, put aside those that are not even uh, wealthy enough to afford the gadgets to go into social media. Yeah. But I'm talking about those that have all it takes to yeah. have a social media uh, gadget, and that they choose not to. Yeah, they are very few. So social media, it is a very very good thing, if I may say. Yeah, and at the same time, it is a bad thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> left to me, it is. 90% good, only 10% part of it is bad. Okay. But what makes it look bad, it's from us, the users. Mm. The users, then 90% of the users focus on that 10% bad side of the social media and ignore the 90% good side of the social media. While only 10% of the users now 
focus on the 90% good side of the social media. That is why we have a lot of people that are making money on social media. Okay. But looking at the, the, the ratio, the percentage of people wasting time on social media is higher than those using social media for gains. Mm. So only when we begin to enlighten our young population right from school, how to make use of this social media positively, maybe right in school, let yeah. them be taught social media marketing, social uh, digital marketing and the rest. Let it be okay. there in our school. Let okay. our young, uh, younger ones been taught in the school how to make use uh, of this uh, social media positively yeah. right okay. from time. Okay. Because now okay. we have been uh, saying, okay, we will not allow our younger uh, generation to make use of this gadget. We don't want them to get exposed. But even with our effort not to allow them to get exposed, they find their own way somehow to get exposed. Okay. And if they are to find their way somehow to get exposed to this uh, social media, most of the time it happens to be the negative side exposure. Very good. But See, if they have been coached right from home and school and exposed them on how to use this social media, but positively, very their good. dominance will be the positive side of it. Good, good, good. So what you are saying is that there are good things about social media. Now, it's in paramount is 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 paramount that teachers and parents teach those things so that the kids can focus on it more okay yeah now that, good that's side. that's good that, that that's a very good in, in, in interesting angle but on the other on on the others on the other side uh you see everything about social media is it runs on human psychology okay yeah. and uh, unfortunately the owners of social media understand how human beings work and they are deliberately in fact right now there's there's a there's a story about a, a whistleblower about Facebook that yeah. she's talking about Facebook deliberately pitching, putting people against each other because they know, yes, see, Facebook is not creating the controversy, but Facebook as a company is milking that those controversial issues because they want more people being engaged and arguing because that's the way they make money okay now as you say if young people are taught about social media how to use them in school it will help them to leave all this, some some of those controversies. That, that's yeah. that. Well, 
I don't know how I don't know if that will work, but it's something to look into, you know, because uh if it continues the way it's going on going on right now, if it continues for the next uh, 10 years, man, <laughs> it's yeah. not a it's not a now, now 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 people are even struggling for followership recognition mm. on social media and it takes a lot of young people to do crazy things just yeah. for them to be recognized because as you said people tend to focus more on crazy things crazy things if you're doing if we take a look at uh, your your handle now think big for africa I really love that uh, team. Think big for Africa. Yeah, I know the followership from the time you started to date should have been tripled. Yeah, had it been you are sharing crazy things. That's true. But now that you are sharing uh, uh, something things that we use use for people, yes, useful, people do not focus on that. Yes, that's, that's true. I said. of people focus on the bad side of the Mm. uh, social media, Mm. while 10% of people focus on the 90% of the good side of the social media. Because I believe social media has brought a lot of changes, a lot of innovation, a lot of ease of doing things. Yeah, yeah. So, but you can see our people, especially the ladies, sharing nudity just to gain a recognition and followership. So a lot of controversy everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and they are fueling all this form of uh, crime yeah. that we are, we are facing right now. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So uh, things need to be done, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And proper education, I feel, is the solution. It's something we need to think about and 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 implement to see how it works. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, Ramadan. See, I I would like I've give I've given you a challenge. Okay, I would like yeah. to invite you back to maybe in six months to discuss how you went with that challenge because I think uh, and, maybe, and maybe with the group members exactly 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 each of the group exactly so let's so, have collective thoughts let's very, have the one Nigeria in one place very good very good yeah. so tell me tell me in your in your mind's eye what do you see in 10, 20, 30 years time from now? Okay. How do you see Nigeria in 20, 30 years from now? Well, <laughs> that is a very, very difficult question. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, Nigeria see, you, is... you are a young, young Nigerian who, to me, should be the, the governor of Kano, okay? So <laughs> as a governor of Kano, yeah. see, you, you have difficult issues to handle. So yeah. I'm giving you a yeah. difficult question so to, I, ask, I, to I, answer. I wish, yeah, I wish to see a Nigeria that works for everyone. Okay. 
Nigeria that everyone that restore that restore hope among its citizens in Nigeria with the system of government that people will trust because I believe if we have a government that people trust things will be way easier for us it is due to lack of trust that we are facing a lot of issues all the corruption we are facing is because we don't trust the government that much mm. so i hope to see in nigeria where people lived happily people trust the government and also abide by the government's regulations wow. so it is based on trust that we will live happily with one another without blaming one another because now all the chaos is based on blame i feel the problem of nigeria is ibo ibo is thinking that houses are the problem of nigeria <laughs> so that's the main issue yeah. so we should have a government that do social justice for all of us we should bring trust on the government for justice and that will bring a lot of well, yes, like what I take from this conversation is that you see many of the issues we have are perpetrated by a group of people who want us to continue fighting with each other minority group of people. yes minority good. power group of people. good so i'm i'm just stating it again now because see this challenge you have if you are right if we are right in our assumption that many of these things are co concocted by a small group group of people so if you go out of a way to build this collaboration, build a bridge with different people from different areas of Nigeria, this might be a solution. Yeah. So I leave you to handle your, this, this challenge. And I want to have you back in six months to talk about it. Challenge accepted. And Thank we'll you. Do something about it. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Take care, man. Thank you very much. Listen or watch more episodes of Think Big for Africa podcast with new guests every week. Subscribe to ensure that you are notified whenever new episodes are available.